of Vital. I read your emails as much as I can. I follow your gorgeous Instagram account and watch every YouTube video you put out there. Oh, and the podcast, of course. But I feel like even though I'm drinking out of a fire hose, all these amazing new-to-me concepts, I'm not making real changes. It's been 18 months or so since I discovered your work and I resonate with almost every single thing, but I still have so much to work on. It feels like a mountain towering over me and I'll never see the end. Help, Bernice. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hello, Bernice and everybody else who's listening. I'm Avital. If you're just meeting me for the first time, I'm a mindful parenting coach and mother of four. And my goal is to help you, my fellow imperfect, intentional parents, say goodbye to clutter, chaos, and conflict, and reclaim presence, peace, and play for your family. So here on the podcast and on the Parenting Junkie Show and on the blog and memberships and courses and everything we put out there, it's all designed to serve you in creating a family life that you love so that you can love parenting, really enjoy it, and parent from love. That's my whole goal. And today I'm going to be answering Bernice who feels overwhelmed by all the amazing information she's learning and like she's just falling short. And before I go ahead and do that, let me just shout out Lady Michelle who left me this lovely review on iTunes. She wrote Cherry on Top. I have just binge listened to four podcasts. I already watch every YouTube video, but the podcast episodes are like the cherry on top of a beautiful, delectable Sunday after a very stressful, busy, mindless day. I love the podcast because it really delves into a more personal matter. I feel the connection of listening to Avital's personal experiences keep going. Lady Michelle, thank you so very much. I will keep going as much as I can, and you should know that your reviews help me to keep going. Truly, they do. I know that's something that podcasters say, but it really does. It makes me feel like it's all worthwhile. So thank you so very much. And if I have ever, you know, hurt any of you, said the wrong thing, used the wrong terminology, I just want to put out my apologies about that. And uh, a recommendation to watch bad lip syncing on YouTube, which is my favorite uh, laugh laughter remedy when I'm annoyed with someone on the internet, which doesn't happen very often. So, uh, today we're talking about how discouraging it can be when we're all learning so much but not necessarily managing to implement it. And I am the first to raise my hand and say, me, I get that, I feel that way. Guys, every time I see a post from Dr. Laura Markham on Facebook and I'm like, wow, she's so right and that's so amazing and that's so interesting and then I feel so guilty and frustrated with the way I spoke to my son that morning and it was just the wrong thing and I shame my children all the time. Do you do this? This is something I fall into in a really bad way. I fall into shaming. I fall into just giving them disappointed looks or saying how angry I am. I definitely still battle with my anger. It's something that's totally still there. Um, A lot of the things that I put out and teach and, 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 and share, as with every teacher, it's because that's what I need to learn the most. And that's what I'm struggling with the most. And so I'm looking for those solutions. And so that's what I share with you. I share the solutions. But hopefully... 
if you've followed me for any length of time, you see that I also share how real, how real and authentic this process is for me and how completely imperfect I am. Uh, and even though I can edit things and, you know, put nice music to it and show the highlights of what I'm trying to strive for, I'm also here to show you that it's real life and that it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and so I get that, you know, we all have a lot of information. I mean, we have serious information overload. I have about six different courses that I'm currently in the middle of, three different books I'm in the middle of reading, uh, a bajillion podcasts that I listen to, and so many different things that I want to implement in every realm of my life. In my marriage, my health, my parenting, my home design, my business, anything, you name it, there are so many areas that I want to improve. And everywhere we go, we are probably struck with a bad case of comparisonitis, right? Comparisonitis, this terrible disease we've all, um, you know, been plagued with in our century, in our decade more, more correctly, um, because of the Instagrams and the Facebooks where, you know, we can do such awesome things like connect with parents from all over the world. And I love Instagram and I love Facebook for the opportunities that they offer me to connect in that way and to create community. I think it's real. I think it's awesome. I think it truly helps people. And I don't love that it makes me always feel lesser than, right? I see other people's Instagram accounts that are so much bigger and glossier and shinier and more beautiful and better curated and better, you know, followings than I have. And I think, oh, I will never measure up, right? Or we see other people on their family holidays or their Christmas cards or all of the perfect highlight reels that we see. And even the things that are supposed to be authentic and are supposed to show the downsides are still, still a little bit edited and a little bit, you know, a little bit perfectified. Um, they're not truly seeing the whole, you know, the whole iceberg underneath that that peak, right? We always say, don't compare your front stage to someone else's. No, don't compare your backstage to someone else's front stage. In other words, you see all the things that go on behind your curtain, but you're comparing it to what you're seeing in someone else's front stage, what's in front of their curtain, right? Comparatonitis, big problem. And you know what? The truth is that the issues that we face are truly big because parenting is truly challenging and trying to be peaceful and playful and present as parents is genuinely a big deal. It's genuinely hard. There are genuinely a lot of things working against us, like the comparisons, like the constant ding and distraction of our mobile phones, like the fact that boy, we weren't raised this way. So now we're trying to learn a whole new default where our brains have already been wired for authoritarian parenting or for permissive parenting. And we're trying to do something different and it's hard. And it's hard because we get triggered. We do. That's the biggest difficulty in parenting is that we get triggered. We bare our teeth. We grit our teeth. We hiss. We yell. We grab our children. We might be hurting them physically. We might be losing our cool, yelling, screaming, or crying in our bedroom. And these extreme emotional reactions where we feel completely out of control can just leave us feeling so down in the dumps because it's not who we want to be and it's not who we're proud of. And in fact, we're very much ashamed. 
then we create this vision for what we do want. Oh, I want to be peaceful like this one, or I want to be gentle like that one. I want to be creative. I want to homeschool, or I want to travel the world. I want to live in a tiny house. I want to be zero waste. I want to be so minimalistic. Or, oh, the list of things of the image that we want and the lifestyle that we want and the experience that we want as parents is so long and often very extreme in how great we want it to be. And it can feel like so far away. So then what do we do? We beat ourselves up, right? Oh, I'm just failing. I'm just messing this up. I'm just not good enough. I'll never make it. I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. I'm not trying hard enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm just dumb. I'm just stupid. I'm just ugly. I'm just fat. I'm just, oh, whatever words you say to yourself, you know, when you're unhappy with yourself, do you, you know, punish yourself uh, physically, right? Well, I don't deserve this treat or I don't deserve to watch a movie or do you, you know, numb yourself with the chocolate or with the Facebook or with the movies or with the retail and the shopping and the, what do you do, right? What do you, how do you beat yourself up, right? You see yourself falling short of what you desire and so you punish yourself because that's the paradigm we were taught in childhood is that when you've done something wrong, you deserve to be punished. Or you need to numb those feelings because you don't want to experience them and so you numb somehow, right? Maybe it's video games, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's casinos, or maybe it's just, you know, too many coffees that day or too much Netflix that evening, staying up late and not caring for our bodies and going to sleep when we need to, right? We beat ourselves up, uh, you know? And the other thing is that we give up, right? That's what also sometimes happens is that we literally just give up. We say, well, I'll never be that person, so I might as well be all the way, you know, all the way in the other direction. Like, have you ever had that moment where you start yelling and you're like, right, that's it. I'm going for the full yell now. <laughs> I've started yelling. I'm actually going to throw this thing now, or I'm going to throw in some curse words, or I'm going to say something really mean, right? We give up. We give up on ourselves. We say, well, it's not possible. So I'm not going to try at all. Like I can't be zero waste. So I might as well buy all of Amazon right? Or I can't be vegan, so I might as well have these seven steaks. Or I can't go to the gym, so, uh, you know, every day, so I might as well not go at all. We kind of just give up um, and feel over, we let that overwhelm actually defeat us. So I want to turn that around today with you. I want us to take a mindset shift. I want us to take a deep breath in. Just release a big exhale and I want you to imagine yourself snipping the cords of all of that okay just letting go any of the feelings that have just come up for you up until now in this podcast any of the feelings of yes I beat myself up or yes I'm drinking out of a fire hose and yes I'm comparing myself or yes there's information overload or yes you know I I can't do it it's impossible Let's just release those for a moment. You can pause if you need to. And let's ground ourselves down and just make ourselves okay. Make What would it take for you to make yourself okay? Who you are, how you are, what you know, what you do. Just, it's okay 
doesn't have to be grand, amazing accolades, and it doesn't have to be down in the dumps, awful, terrible. It could just be okay. In a way, I strive for every moment of my life to just be as it is, just be okay with what it is. Not looking to fluff it up or to deflate it. Not looking to fluff myself up or to deflate myself, simply to be me without the evaluation. What does it feel like to live with where we are, who we are in this moment without trying to evaluate ourselves? without putting ourselves on the spectrum of success or failure, without trying to chart where we are in comparison to others or even in comparison to ourselves. So I want to offer you three C's that might be helpful in this regard. The first is compare yourself, if you must compare, to your past and not to someone else. And I want to give you an example of one of my coaching clients who had a child with a really severe behavior. And I've mentioned this before, I think, but it's such a great story. And this severe behavior kept kept going for about two or three years. It was aggressive behavior. And when we spoke about three years in, My client had so deeply entrenched this identity of her child being where they are, uh, an aggressive child in this way, that she didn't recognize, she didn't take the time to notice that they had advanced a lot, that he was doing this a lot less than he used to be, that actually all of her efforts were paying off. And so when you compare yourself to where someone else is, what you're doing is you're comparing, as I said, your backstage to their front stage. You're saying, well, there's a sweet, peaceful kid who doesn't kick and hit. And here's my kid who does. And therefore I fail, right? But you're not looking at the backstage. You're not looking at where that person started off from with regard to their child's aggression. Maybe their child was born with a calm temperament. And that's just not an issue that they face. So what good is your comparison? It's comparing apples to oranges. It's irrelevant. You have a different child and it doesn't compare. However, usually when we look back on where we used to be, and this isn't always the case, but often we see that we have progressed, that our child this year is actually, you know, doing a lot better in whatever realm of challenge they're facing than they were a year ago. And I had this with my own son because I have one of my children, very intense, very persistent, a very spirited child, amazing kid, super challenging to parent for me, very triggering to me on a daily basis. But I used to um, endure 45 minutes at least every day of aggressive tantrums. He used to have tantrums every single day up until around the age of four or five. It was daily. At least an hour of my time. I knew ahead of time. I scheduled it in. I knew that it was going to happen at around 4 p.m. We would spend about an hour handling an aggressive tantrum. And whenever I complain to myself about his behavior today, I have to remind myself of how far we've come. Yes, there are still challenges, but this basically never happens anymore. It's like a once in a month thing. 
And when it does, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Failing to recognize that, yeah, but it's just been three and a half weeks without one. And that leads me to my second idea, which is notice the compound interest, right? In our culture, we expect immediate gratification and massive results and to 10x things really, really quickly, right? We expect that, you know, you, whatever, you place an order for your burger, you get the burger in the next few minutes. But parenting doesn't work that way. It's 100% a case of slow, small, and steady wins the race. Not that it's a race, okay? It's not a race, but it means, what I mean by slow, small, and steady wins the race is that it's the accumulative effect of small, small steps every day, one foot in front of the other, baby steps, that in the end, we make the impact that we want to make or make the changes that we want to make. So if you want to suddenly stop yelling all in one day, but you've been yelling your whole life or you've been yelled at your whole life, that is not how you make the change. Maybe you'll manage to sustain that for one or two days and then you'll break because it hasn't been an in-depth process. You haven't truly acclimated slow steps, small steps, steady steps, a steadfast commitment. I watched a documentary about Warren Buffett a year ago or so, and it explained his investment um, policy, right? His ideology about investment. And given that he's maybe the richest man in the world or one of the richest men in the world, it's interesting what he's been doing as an investor, right? And his whole thing, his whole like Bible is compound interest, which is basically that you invest a little bit and you make a little bit of a profit on that investment, right? It, it grows and then you you keep that investment in and your whole investment has grown and now you make a little bit of interest on that and you make more and more interest as the lump sum of your investment is larger. So you started with $100 and then it's 101 and then it's 110 and then it's 150 and it starts to duplicate until suddenly you're at 100,000. Right? That was really bad example in terms of the math. That is unrealistic for anyone who's looking to get in the stock market. You don't go from 100 to 100,000 usually, as far as I can tell. But um, you understand my point, right? The point is that when you leave your investment in there and you continue uh, to reap the compound interest year over year over year, it actually grows exponentially and it suddenly becomes a big number. Suddenly the numbers really add up because they're accelerating. And that's what happens emotionally as well. You invest a little bit more and a little bit more and every day a bit more and another step and another step. And suddenly you're like, whoa, I haven't yelled for a whole month. Or whoa, he hasn't had a tantrum like that anymore. Or whoa, we're really you know, getting along much better with our morning rush or wow, you know what? He's sleeping eight hours solid and you notice that you are moving forward, that all of that information and all of that investment that you made in yourself and in your relationships is pro producing um, an income, right? It is compounding the interest. It is growing. So Benice, when you look up at your big mountain I'm inviting you not to look up at all the stuff left ahead of you, but instead to look down the mountain. Look at how far you've come. 
Look at everything you've already climbed. Look at how each little step you took has brought you to where you are. That's a big deal. And it's worthy of celebration, which is my third C for today. Celebrate wins. Celebrate your wins, please. So many of us are so quick to notice any failures. We notice them, we complain about them, we feel sad about them or sorry for ourselves or ashamed of ourselves. We're quick to do that. We're quick to recognize where we've fallen short. We're quick to complain about the things that aren't going right. But are we as quick to celebrate? At least celebrate as loudly as you complain. At least make your celebrations as frequent and as easy as your disappointments in yourself are. Pat yourself on the back. Pop open the bubbly. Whatever it is, it deserves a celebration. It could be just posting it to Facebook and saying how proud you are of, it, of yourself. And you can do that in our group anytime. Love Parenting with Avital is the name of the group. It could be giving yourself an extra indulgence in a you know, bath bomb, <laughs> putting in lavender or a yummy drink that you fix yourself or a, a, an extra, I don't know, meditation session. It could be anything or just just high-fiving your partner like, hey, I did it. He said this thing and he was so rude and I didn't lose it. Woohoo, celebrate. Celebrate. You got to celebrate because guess what? That actually works with your neuroscience as well, right? Your brain is registering a dopamine hit when you celebrate and you want more of that. And it incentivizes you from the inside out to do more things that cause you that sense of satisfaction. But if you just gloss over any time you've succeeded by immediately focusing your mind on all the times you've failed and, oh, well, I'll never be able to do that again or that was a one-off or that wasn't real or it doesn't count because it was easy, then why even try? You're not getting anything out of it when you do succeed. But when you celebrate, just note it for yourself, even just writing it down in your journal, like, I did this, you know? then you're actually incentivizing yourself. You're showing yourself that it's worthy. You're showing yourself that you recognize your efforts and that they don't go unnoticed, at least not by you. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.